God created man and everything he did, he had man in mind that he could have intimacy with him. In Genesis chapter two, the Bible says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Yeah. He had intimacy with him. So understand the whole point of the crucifixion was to bring man back to God the Father and back to his heart. Critical race theory distorts it. It goes against biblical worldview. What it's literally saying is if I'm an oppressor, I could never be free. If I'm the oppressed, I could never be free. That is not true biblically. Hello, everyone, and welcome into a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, where we are shaping the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview. In our previous episodes, we have discussed how the left is driving us off the cultural cliff when it comes to race and our collective culture, and we've also analyzed the rise of cultural Marxism and the shift in defining equality and equity. And last week, we studied the praxis of these ideas, how they're being instituted and worked out in our society. We have a special guest for you on today's podcast, but before we get to that, I want to remind you that if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can also listen on our website, www.palmettofamily.org, on our podcast page. We will also have a list of resources that you can learn more about the topics that we discussed. And you'll want to get connected because in just a few short weeks, we will have DSS Director Mike Leach on talking with us about the adoptive and foster care issues facing our state. So subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss it. So Mitch, help us introduce our special guest here on the podcast today. Wow, what an exciting time to be alive. Isn't that right, Pastor Tony Foster? Absolutely. Hey, I am so grateful for Pastor Tony Foster. He's pastor of Restoration Worship Center in Greenwood, South Carolina. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. He is not just an influential pastor here in South Carolina, but Justin, I, th I think he's an influential pastor in the Southeast. And from what I've heard recently with some of our friends at Family Research Council, you're pretty much an influential pastor across America. And Pastor, I think you bring a unique perspective here on exactly how the gospel interfaces with the issues, specifically today, critical race theory. Pastor, before we go into the, and dive into critical race theory this morning, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your ministry. Well, I am from the great state of South Carolina. I married a beautiful woman named Joni Foster from Greenwood. Uh, my history with Christ goes back to 1989 at Benedict College here in Columbia, wow. South Carolina. And I basically had an encounter with God, gave my life to Christ. The next year I had lymphoma cancer, given only six months to live, and God healed my body. Wow. And I promised him, Lord, when you heal me, I will be your ambassador and do whatever you call me to do. So from that standpoint, we built a great church, um, planted a church. I've been in ministry 30 years, planted a church 18 years ago called Restoration Worship Center, the place where hope lives. So I have to say that. And I'm president of Restoration Bible College, and I'm part of Palmetto, Palmetto Family Board. Wow, that's exciting. Thank you. So, Pastor Foster, when you are... When you're looking around in society, specifically in South Carolina, what are you seeing when it comes to this rise in, I'm going to call it race-based and cultural Marxism right now? What, what are you seeing across our state and across the country in your travels? Well, basically across the state, we have seen a rise of neo-Marxism. Goes back to um, Frankfurt School in Germany at the beginning of World War II and where um, Marxists and the Marxist idea of not just economics, but it went into society, um, the lesser and the greater. And so we're seeing a rise of that again with the whole Black Lives Matter 
The whole emphasis of Black Lives Matter is neo-Marxism. They actually say we're trained Marxists. And so we're seeing it played out not only in society, but we're beginning to see it played out in South Carolina. Um, secretly, I think they've been having the curriculums for a while, but now the curriculums are going into the schools. So there's a great concern about critical race theory, which comes out of liberation theology, which we will get to. Wow. You know, I, I look at what's happening in South Carolina. I, Pastor, as you have, I've traveled the state extensively. I've been in Spartanburg and Bamberg, uh, all the Bergs. I've been in Varnville and Greenville, all the Vils. Uh, I've been in Columbia. I've been across the state. Overwhelmingly, parents and Christian conservatives are concerned about critical race theory. Now, as you said, it's neo-Marxism. And before we try to nail jello to a wall here, they're going to continue to morph and shape the terms. They're going to continue to move the goalpost, as we said on a previous podcast. But here's another concern that I think is so critical, pun intended, I guess, in understanding what critical race theory means, not just for parents in school. Pastor, as a African-American pastor, what does critical race theory look like when it comes to the church here in South Carolina? Absolutely. So let's talk about what it looks like to the church. Let's, let's see what it looks like. So it's this whole societal binary. So you got the oppressors mm -hmm. and the oppressed. So now society is broken down to the oppressors and the oppressed, which is a stem from liberation theology. Now, you got to understand something. If we go back to Latin America, where liberation theology started, Catholicism, but then they also moved to the United States, and it became also black liberation theology. Now, Black liberation theology basically says from a biblical standpoint, from an exegetical standpoint, that people of color were people who were oppressed, had to be delivered. And so you got to understand that that's already the basis in many African-American churches today. So we got a real problem with this whole stem of victimology. Mm. And, and, and let's just be honest. We understand slavery was a scourge on our mm -hmm. nation. There's no about, sure. doubt you know, about that. The Black Coast, you're talking about civil rights movement. Yeah. So we understand that at one point, but we're not living in that time now. Right. We've come a long way. Right. Yeah, Justin, you actually mentioned that on a previous podcast. I did, and I want to get your thoughts before we move uh, to the next point. You bring it up, so I think it's okay for us to kind of broach the topic. You mentioned that we're not there anymore. Um, I brought it up in a previous podcast, and no one's come to me yet. I can't find a single federal law that puts one group of people behind the eight ball and oppresses that group of people because of their race. There isn't one. Right. And so with this idea, as you're talking about, it, it hasn't made its way into the mainstream church. I believe it's. I believe we're seeing some factions in the church. But when it comes to this idea of critical race theory, how should Christians, because we're trying to shape a biblical worldview. Absolutely. How should Christians view critical race theory through the prism of Scripture? What? Where's the antithesis there? Where's the breaking point that these just don't mesh? Absolutely. You go to Romans chapter 3. God says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The reason that God the Father sent Jesus Christ was to die and to be a propitiation for our sins, mm -hmm. all yeah. of us, no matter whether you're white, black, Hispanic, whoever you are. It's a human condition. Christ dies. Not only he dies, he sets us free. When he sets us free, we're no longer the victim. 
We are the victor through Christ. Amen. And that's the message that we got to get into the African-American church. Now, here's the problem. Let's segue into that. The problem is if the basis is black liberation theology, then through the messages, the theology is coming across as we are the underdog. We are the victim. That's why a lot of African-Americans see no problem with the government taking care of them. Okay, that's a real issue. Not all, but a lot feel that way. So we have to deal with that and bring people back to that Christ has set us free. That's impactful. That's important. I love what you just said there. You said it at the top of this podcast as well, that there is hope. That's it. There is hope. Friends listening right now, as we're talking to you on your drive to work or while you're folding the laundry, there is hope. But the hope that we have does not come from the White House and it doesn't come from the State House. Friends, it comes from the church house and your house. It, the hope that we have for South Carolina and America comes from deep inside of us when we trust Jesus Christ. He, he is our only hope. So just as we as we walk through all of this, you know, there's a lot going on about hope and Really, as we've talked about this, there's a competing in worldviews. So, Justin, what does that, how does that look when it comes to hope in light of mankind and the way things work out there? Well, in light of the circumstances, that's the great thing about hope. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast is when you're talking about this idea of hope and you look around and there are a lot of circumstances right now in the world that would diminish the idea that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Things look cloudy. Things look dark. If you focus on the news exclusively, you won't find a lot of good. Um, you'll hear a lot of bad. But, like I mentioned, we discuss these issues, and we all, right now, in this studio, we have smiles on our faces because we have a hope. We have we know that while all of this is happening, we have we've read the end of the book. We know what's coming. We have this hope that we have eternal life in Christ. He set us free. He's redeemed us, as we said. Even though we have fallen short, and we continue to every day, he set us free. We, aren't, we don't have to subscribe to this ideology that we are less than because of our socioeconomic status, our race, where we live, where we're from, what we've done in the past. That is, that is a hope that when you, when you think about it, no matter how long you have been a Christian, every time you think about it, it should sober you. It should, it should humble you, and, and it renews your sense of, you know what, there is a right, there is a wrong. I serve a God who is a God of equity yeah. and just true equity and justice, not whatever we've made the term to be. So that, that's where the hope breaks. Right there is Christ or not. If, if Christ is in it, there is hope. So, Pastor, we're talking about this hope that we have, um, this ultimate hope that we have. And we just talked about how we should view CRT in light of Scripture, in light of what God says in His Word. So let's relate that to His desire for mankind, the, the, the point of creation, why He created man. How does that, I don't want to say go against, but how does that view side by side with critical race theory? Well, let's talk about it. God created man to have relationship with him. Mm, yeah. God did not create man to be a workhorse or just something to be a tro in his trophy case. 
God created man, and everything he did, he had man in mind, that he could have intimacy with him. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the hmm. day. Yeah. He had intimacy with him. So understand the whole point of the crucifixion was to bring man back to God the Father and back to his heart. Critical race theory destroys it. First of all, let's, let's bust that up for a minute, if I can say this. Sure. Critical race theory is what it is. It's a theory. It's not actually not true. Let me tell you why. It goes against biblical worldview. What it's literally saying is if I'm an oppressor, I could never be free. If I'm the oppressed, I could never be free. That is not true biblically. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Yes. All things have passed away. All things have become new. That word is metamorpho. It means a new species of a man. So God in, in Ephesians 2, 4, chapter 2, verse 14 and 16 says this. For he himself, talking about Jesus, has, been, has become our peace. He has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his own flesh, meaning on the cross, the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in the ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man, two, making peace. Mm. God makes peace through his cross. The answer, listen to me, is not social justice and what's happening in the street. The answer is still the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. I know I said a lot, guys. Hey, I, I, preach. Keep talking. Preach. I like the metamorphosis, by the way. I love that idea. I have heard it said before. Think about a caterpillar. When it goes into a cocoon, it molecularly changes. It is not the same creature when it comes out of the cocoon. Wow. It is completely That's right. different, and there needs to be that metamorphosis. That When you when you read that in that way, it's just... it. it it blows your mind. Yeah, that's that's exciting. So as we talk about hope and a new creation and the peace that the cross provides, you know, curiosity begs this. It, it, those that are listening right now may ask, so what is that hope? As we look at critical race theory and liberation theology and how they seem to be so pervasive in our culture from our schools to our churches to government structures throughout all of that, how does the gospel then, obviously through the cross of Jesus Christ, but what are some practical ways, like absolutely stuff that the listeners right now, stuff that they can do, things that they can work on. How does the gospel overcome the shortfalls then that critical race theory sets up? Number one, if you are a Christian, your obligation is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The scripture says, um, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God mm. is one God. Yeah. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy strength. Watch this, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So understand that as we are transformed by the gospel, transformed by the Holy Spirit, we begin to reach out to other people. We love them the same as we love ourselves, no matter what their cultural background, economic background, um, status in life. We still love them. That's number one. Number two, we have to train another generation behind us. We have to train a generation behind us that we have made great strides in our nation. Let's give God some praise Amen. and Amen. some glory yeah. that we are not where we used to be. Apparently, I'm not the oppressed. I can live where I want to live, drive what I want to drive. Right. I can take a vacation. I can 
climbed to the greatest escalons of life. You know, um, I'm, I'm not a fan of LeBron James. He's okay. <laughs> but if, if LeBron James can make it to the escalons of basketball, no one oppressed him. He made it. So as Christians, my admonition to Christians is to live the gospel, to be yes. the gospel, and show reconciliation. Wow. That's good. You know, as you were talking earlier about, and we've said this on a previous podcast, you probably remember Dave and Justin and I talking about the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And ultimately, I think what we're looking at here is that the gospel triumphs over all of this through the gospel. As you said just a moment ago, through the gospel, we are victors. We have overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher and I can't help but go here. You know, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, almost all of us know the first part of that verse, or that verse, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's everyone. It, it, that's white, black, that's, you know, male, female, that no matter what, all of us have fallen short, short of God's glory. But I love what verse 24 says, because there's a comma right after verse 23. It says, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. Jesus Christ is our only hope. Jesus Christ is our only answer. So as we talk about that, I love what you said. Just live out the gospel. Justin, that's our message here. And in fact, we're hosting a pastor's tour in just a couple of months. The gospel changes everything, whether it's critical race theory, the foster and adoptive crisis, women's sports, whatever the issue is, the gospel and living out the gospel as the hands and feet of Jesus lets us live victoriously, conquering overall. And so, Pastor, I'll give you the final word when it comes to this discussion. And we appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us. And I know I know the folks who are listening are, are appreciative as well. What, what would you tell to the folks listening as we're trying to, they're trying to just go day to day. They've sent their kids back to school. They're worried about what they're being taught. What message do you have for them? What, what words can you give to them to kind of just shore up that, that hope and that assurance? Absolutely. Um, it is the parents' job to raise their own children. I have two sons. Uh, I'm an older man now, 54, but I have a son that's 31 and 29. I was their first teacher. Wow. I'm mm-hmm. their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their mother was their second teacher, but I was the first teacher. Amen. And I taught them the word of God at home. I didn't wait for the pastor to teach them at church. The pastor confirmed what I said. That's right. And so what I'm saying is as we raise our children up to love their neighbors, they love themselves, send them to school. You also help your children, what I would call, reclaim the narrative. Mm. You know, if I'm teaching them one thing and they go to school and their teacher is saying something different, they're to come home and tell me. But the hope is this, that if any man be in Christ, we are a new creation. No matter what's happening with critical race theory, what's happening in our nation, Jesus is still Lord. And as Christians, we have to continue to raise the standard and to preach the gospel. Thank you so much. Amen. Of course, of course. Thank you, Pastor. And so you're listening at home, and as Mitch said, you're driving to work, you're driving from work, you're picking up the children in the car line. Whatever you're doing, you're you're listening to this, you're going, what can I do? Because we've spent a lot of time together discussing what critical race theory is, what the purpose of the cultural shift is. Remember, we talked about that, how to identify it, 
and then how we should view this as Christians. So what can you do? First, I encourage you to pray. I think it's important that you pray for our leaders, that you pray for their for wisdom and for guidance. I think it's important you pray for the children who have entered into schools, back into schools after the summer break across the state. Pray for the teachers who are teaching them, and that all of them will be touched with true wisdom and knowledge. I think that's number one. Um, and you can also pray for our legislators uh, by following us on Facebook. We are highlighting a legislator every single day. Secondly, you can text guardrails to 76076. That's guardrails, G-U-A-R-D-R-A-I-L-S, to 76076. When you do that, you'll get connected with us, and we can provide you with more information on how to contact your legislator, and we can give you more information on the issues that matter to you. And of course, as we mentioned off the top, Subscribe to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also listen on our website, www.palmettofamily.org. Click on the podcast page. On that page, you will also get a list of resources that we use to when we have these discussions. Those materials are on the website. You can see them for yourself, and you can learn more to equip you, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to equip one another to shape the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for listening to Palmetto Family Matters today. Special thanks to our awesome, amazing, wonderful guest, Pastor Tony Foster today, Restoration Worship Center in Greenwood, South Carolina. Stay up to date with all the things that are happening by listening to a Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Mitch. And I'm Justin, and we'll see you next time on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.